sure ado, I would love to invite Marlon up to the... Where do you want to go? Up to... He has to travel with the podium. I'm just kidding. All right, cool. And uh, we are just so grateful, not only for the like awesome music that you're gonna share today, just speaking about discernment, but he's just been such a gift to this uh, family in the, in the realm of just well, overall being a great, fun, awesome, weird uncle. But also um, just the input in, in terms of intercession and just teaching us so many cool things along our journey. And so it's just been a real joy walking with you and and Wendy, which. Working, yeah. working. All good. Um, Besides, she's heard it all before, anyways. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> anyways, please take it away, Marlo. Yeah. Thank you. Well, you know, this is the uh, first time I've been able to teach anywhere in, like, live for a couple of years now. So this is really, you know, it's, it's great because Zoom is, uh, Zoom kind of got us through, is getting us through, but it's kind of like the law of the Old Testament, eh? It just wasn't the fulfillment of know and uh, anyway so uh, yeah so you know I, I want to share on something that um, uh, I've been on a journey uh, with for a number of years um, uh, and, and I just want to share uh, kind of my journey and uh, and also a little bit a few things that I've learned along the way and I want to encourage you I think maybe uh, later on we might even be able to do there might even be a little bit of uh, activation or impartation we'll see where it goes I'm gonna watch my watch you know what it means when a speaker takes his watch off and puts it on the pulpit eh? absolutely nothing but uh, I'm gonna keep an eye on that so um, you know that um, membership has its privileges right are, are, do you, are you a member of something where you have certain privileges maybe maybe you uh, work in a tower downtown and you have the privilege of, in our Calgary winters, parking in a heated underground parkade. That's a privilege. Um, you know, if you're, uh, I think it's CIBC, if you have a credit card with CIBC, you, uh, you know, you're, you're an Avioner. Is that what it's called? It's Avioner? You have privileges. You have, uh, what is it, sorry? What are those? The, the penguins, the penguin guys that travel everywhere. Yeah. Uh, so you have privileges. Um, but as sons and daughters, we've got some privileges. And I want to talk about one of those. There's so many of them. But I want to talk about one of those uh, this afternoon. Uh, discernment. We all have a privilege of discernment. God gives it to us all. It's part of uh, the benefits of being part of the body of Christ. And uh, so I want to I want to stir that up a little bit this morning, uh, this afternoon, I guess. You know, there's many benefits. Membership has many benefits. Uh, one that we're 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 coming into, and that is a revelation of Father's love. That's a man. What a benefit! That, that's the benefit of all benefits, right? But there's other benefits like salvation. Salvation. You know, our eternity is secure for us. We know where we're going. And uh, so, the, the, you know, there's um, uh, peace, love, joy, hope. All those are benefits of the kingdom. They're kingdom benefits. And they're all found in our Father, in the Son, through the Holy Spirit. So, uh, and then there's gifts. Um, everybody's got a, a gift mix. We've all been given gifts. 
And this isn't a, a talk on spiritual giftings, but I'm going to touch on that because discernment is kind of in, similar to some of the spiritual giftings. Um, so we know there's basically three types of giftings. There's, there's um, ministry, uh, redemptive gifts, Romans 12, uh, prophecy, serving, teaching, encouraging, giving, mercy. Every one of us, every one of us uh, has one of those. And uh, whether you've discovered it or not, uh, or not, you have one of those. And it really um, uh, comes out in your personality. The things you like, the things you're drawn to be a part of. Uh, how you react in situations. It really gives evidence to your uh, redemptive gift or your ministry gifting. And so, you know, uh, if you don't know what your ministry gifting is, especially if you're, here it is, especially if you're married. This was a key for Wendy and I. When we started to understand our individual ministry giftings, it just made everything so much easier. So guys, part of your premarital counseling, Romans 12, 6. And start to understand how God has made each of you, how he's wired you with your ministry giftings. It just makes it so much easier down the road. Spiritual giftings, uh, 1 Corinthians 12, you know, we, we know these ones. We're probably, as, uh, as spirit-filled believers, probably the most, we know these ones the best. Word of wisdom, that's a prophetic gifting, word of wisdom. Word of knowledge, so most of the pro prophetic gifts that we know are more word of knowledge, okay? Uh, the prophets that we know, they operate usually in word of knowledge, they just know stuff. And they're able to speak into you, encourage you, you know, bless you, and, and all those kind of things. Word of wisdom is one that we so need in the body. But we don't often see it happening. But we need it. And word of wisdom kind of lines up with the, a measure of discernment that we all have. Uh, but word of wisdom is, again, and I'm going to give an example. We're going to walk through a, a story in the Old Testament where we see these in practice. And we can see the difference between them. Uh, but word of wisdom is just a knowing. Just a knowing. I've met one person with a prophetic word of knowledge. And it was so, it, yeah, it's not, or sorry, word of wisdom. It's different than word of knowledge. Very different. And usually very underestimated. Or underappreciated. But it's so necessary. So needed. Then there's faith. I don't know if you've ever met somebody who has a gift of faith. They are, like, perpetually optimistic about everything. <laughs> you know, oh, I'm going through this right now, and it's rough. And they're like, yeah, but. <laughs> no, 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 I don't want to hear the but. I want you to hear my hurt. And they just, like, they just see the best in every situation. They have faith for everything. Well, you know, we feel to do this in ministry. Well, then let's do it. Well, no, 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 we, we got, like, there's this finance thing, we got hope, and, and then there's this, they go, yeah, yeah, wh whatever, let's just do it. We can do it. And faith makes a way. They have a gift of faith. It, it, it's amazing to be around. Um, then there's healing. People that have uh, a spiritual gift to pray for healing. Then there's miracles. So here's, I mean, this is uh, just a side point. If you've ever had hands laid on you and you've been miraculously healed, that's not the gift of healing in action. That's the gift of miracles. But if you've been sick and the doctors have a 
diagnosis that's not so nice, but the opposite happens, that's the gift of healing. When you become healed, you get healed. Not a big deal. I would, okay, I'll take it either way. I'll take the healing or I'll take the miracle, whichever. It doesn't matter. But, um, and then there's a gift. It's, it says gift of prophecy, but properly translated, that should be a gift of discernment. It's different. It's different than the word of wisdom. It's different than the word of knowledge. We're going to get into that. Uh, then there's a discernment of spirits. That's not just like people that see demons around every corner. That's people that can, uh, they discern the presence of the angelic. And they discern human spirit. What's going on in a human's heart. They can discern if there's deception. If there's, you know, uh, 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 what's at the root of maybe what's going on in their life. They have discernment of spirits. Um, and then there's... Uh, um, Tongues and, and interpretation of tongues. We don't see that very often in the body anymore. But I was raised, I, I got saved into a church where public, in a meeting like this during the worship, somebody would start prophesying in tongues. And then everything would be quiet. And then somebody else would give the interpretation of what was just, and it was just so edifying and it was so encouraging. And, uh, and I don't know if you've uh, seen anybody who has the gift of miracles. They are just the wildest. That's the wildest gifting to be around. Um, I, we used to, when I was on uh, staff at a church, I was pastoring in Red Deer. We used to bring this guy in who had the gift of miracles from time to time. He was an itinerant guy. And we'd bring him in. And it was actually so funny being in this building because the church that we pastored in Red Deer was just like this, except it had like red carpet right out of the 70s and orange pews. And uh, yeah, it was really hard to sleep on a Sunday morning. <laughs> but um, we brought this guy in, and it was sweltering. It was one of those sweltering hot evenings, Alberta evenings, middle of July. And no air conditioning. Like, and, and, and so everybody's uncomfortably, distractedly hot and sweaty. And the place was packed because everybody wanted to see this, be a part of this ministry. So you're shoulder to shoulder with the next person who's sweaty, you know, and it's just uncomfortable. And he gets up and he goes, huh, God, God, we're distracted by the temperature in here. Could, could, could you cool it down for us? And no more than probably about two minutes later, a cloud blew over. It was a clear sky, cloud blew over. And it not only began to rain, it didn't rain, it hailed. Now, not damaging hail, just those little fluff balls, you know, those little tiny, they just, you can go out in them and they just bounce off, and, you know. And it hailed for probably about five minutes like that until there was about an inch of these little fluffy hail balls on the ground. Nothing cools down the temperature like ice around, sitting around everywhere. And within about five minutes, everything was comfortable and it was on we went with the evening. And so the gift of miracles, I mean, it is active, it's alive. It's, it, all these giftings are given to us. These are, these are uh, members' privileges to the, to the body of Christ. And then we know the fivefold uh, ministry gifts of uh, uh, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. Uh, and so we, we have membership privileges, many. And, and they're, they're way more on the list than just these that I touched on. So many. Peace, joy. You know, uh, communion with one another. Yeah, so there's so many, and I, I don't want, we're not going to go through a whole list or make up a whole list, but, but what's interesting about these is uh, all these three areas of giftings, 
they have one common in them, and that's the prophetic. All three categories have a, prof a prophecy or a prophetic in them. And so, you know, that just kind of shows us how important the spirit of prophecy is amongst us. How much we need it. We need it healthy, though. We need it, we need it uh, untainted or jaded by uh, a self or by ego, or by woundedness, or by, you know, and so people that uh, have a prophetic gifting, they're often the people that experience the refiner's fire the most. And without repentance, God doesn't say, oh, sorry about that, sorry about putting that on you. No. And, and so, you know, the people that I know that are highly prophetic, even people that are in offices of, of prophets, they usually have gone through the fiery furnace more than I have. Because there needs, there, there's a level of refinement there that needs to happen for them to flow purely in that gifting. That was a side note. So, but, but I believe we're called to be prophetic people. It's, it's, it's one of the privileges of being in the kingdom. We're called to be prophetic people. We get the privilege of being prophetic. Not just limited to these giftings, but, but we're called to have an insight, a discernment. We're privileged with the ability to have a discernment. It's part of being sons and daughters. It's part of the family uh, um, giftings. It's part of the family privileges. And, you know, I really believe that, that we're to be the kind of prophetic people that we kind of know What's ahead? You know, Father said, we know. Uh, he says, I know, I know the things that I have planned for you. Plans to, to prosper and to give you a hope and a future. He didn't just hang that carrot in front of us so that we're like... No, he wants to share those with us. He wants us to have a knowing of those things that he's given up to us, that he has for us. He doesn't share the secrets of his heart with just anybody. He shares them with those of us who will draw near. Those who will spend time with him. Those who will listen for him. And this is all part of discernment. But he wants to share those things. Now, I've got to be really careful where I say this, but uh, many know already because I've, I've said it before, but you know, when COVID hit, and, and many people have been so uh, wounded, hurt by COVID. It, is, it has been, no doubt there are people in this room who have lost maybe friends and family members. It has, been, it has been a very hard two years for the world. But when COVID hit, we didn't at this time know exactly what it was or how bad it would be or how severe or, or that two years later we would be in wave number five. We, we didn't know any of that. But something started to rise up in my spirit, an excitement and a joy. And I still am. I still am. There's still a joy and an expectation of what God is going to redeem from this. And so I'm like everybody else. I've had to, you know, been part of the lockdowns and been part of all the stuff that this has caused us. But there's an expectation and a joy. I'm still, I'm still prophetically, I'm, I'm sensing something that is ahead that is yet to come. And so uh, we're to be the kind of prophetic people that we can actually reach into the future and we 
bring it into the present. I don't know about you, you know, but I've got a sense of an awakening that's coming to our nation. And I can't shake it. I can't shake it. And so I, I just decided I'm going to start living my tomorrow today. I'm going to start living in revival today, in the middle of COVID. I'm just going to, I'm just going to draw near, and I'm going to let him fill me, and I'm going to, you know. And, and so getting a bit of a vision, a perspective of our tomorrows today is a privilege that we as sons and daughters have. Now we see at our very best day, you know, when the sky is bluer and the grass is greener and the birds are singing, even on our very best day, we only see in part. We know that. But whatever part that is, I'm going to take it. And I'm going to, I'm going to let it begin to shape my perspective on things. So we all have that privilege. It's called discernment. There is a gift of discernment, but if we don't have the gift of discernment, of discernment, sorry, we have all been given and have privilege and right to. It's part of our birthright as believers, family, sons and daughters. It's part of our privilege is to, to, to have discernment. Um, there's a couple of blockages from us often walking in, in the fullness of our discernment. I'm going to touch on a couple of them here. So, uh, first of all, uh, especially in the Western culture, we live in a very... Sorry, okay. Right. You mean I can't dance now? Um, we, we live in a, in a culture that is really one-dimensional. Really, the Western world is very one-dimensional. It's what's in the natural, what we see, what we feel, what we touch, what we hear, what we, you know. It's all, we're all uh, physical senses based. Um, other cultures aren't that way. Other cultures are very aware of the spiritual realm. If you ever had a chance to travel or experience other cultures, uh, they have a op and, and sometimes they delve into you know uh, the darker side of the spiritual realm. But they have an awareness of it. That's why I, I really respect New Agers in our culture because they're at least tapping into the reality of a spiritual realm, unlike a huge other sector of our of our culture. That just denies that there is a spiritual realm. You know, and, and, and they, they're, they're misinformed, let's put it that way. They're deceived. And they're operating inappropriately and unauthorized in the spiritual realm. But at least they have, they're open to the fact that there's a spiritual realm. And, um, but in our, for the most part, our culture, we rely on our understanding. That is foremost, most important to us. How we perceive things, how we see things, how we understand things, that is our reality. And so that is often one of the stumbling blocks behind growing in our discernment. Because if we're relying on just the physical world around us as our reality, we're missing a whole dimension of what is really going on. Um, you know, our, our world as we see it is our reality right now. But the truth is, there's a, there's a realm of the spirit that is actually more real than the one that you and I are perceiving as our reality today. It's kind of like the whole Matrix movie thing. And, uh, and so, you know, leaning on our own understanding is one of our biggest hindrances to growing in our discernment. Uh, Proverbs 3, verse 5, we all know this one. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. 
But in the Western mindset, it's all about our understanding. And that can hinder our growing in our discernment, because our discernment is not based on the natural. It's based on another realm, the spiritual. Intellect. Again, in our culture, intellect is very important. Uh, you know, we're, we're you church, university church, right? Place of higher learning. And it's very important. Learning and advancement, you know, I spent, I spent a lot of years in post-secondary myself. So, uh, you know, it, it is important. But we make that the pinnacle of our existence. Get a good education. And then, you know, you'll get a good job and you'll have a good life. And so we begin to, to, to put so much faith and trust in our understanding. If I can't understand it, then it, I'm not going to believe it, or I'm not going to even be open to it if I can't understand it. And that can hinder our uh, ability to begin to discern greater. Um, you know, the longer, uh, the older I get, the more I start seeing how, uh, man, I cannot trust my own understanding. I am so, I fall, sh I just end up wanting. I'm left wanting most of the time when I'm left to my own understanding. And so those, uh, you know, in our um, culture, that's probably one of, in the Western world's, our biggest challenge is because we're so heady that anything outside of that is just, it's a big challenge for us. It is a big challenge for us to, dis to actually move into a realm of discerning in the spiritual realm. Now, you know, um, Thessalonians 5, verse 23 says uh, that we're three-part beings. We're spirit, soul, and body. Pretty self-explanatory, our body, you know. There it is. Good, bad, or anything in between. There it is. Uh, our soul is our mind, our will, our emotions. But then we have a spirit. We have a spirit man. And so within us, uh, we're three beings. We're flesh, we're soul, and we're spirit. Now, we often rely on the soulish realm. That's our, that's our point of focus. That's our reference that we see, perceive, and understand our world around, is our soulish realm. And we often aren't able to engage our spirit man. Again, New Agers are really good at this. They're deceived, and they're doing it inappropriately, but they understand they have a spirit. Uh, and, and so when we start to stir up our spirit man, and we begin to go to our spirit man first, that allows us to operate in a greater measure of discernment, because we're not relying on our own understanding. We're allowing our spirit, who communes with the spirit of God, to inform us, to teach us, to show us. Scripture says the spirit, uh, as deep goes out, uh, reaches out to deep. That's the spirit. That's the spirit of God ministering to your spirit. Now, if, if we only get it here, chances are it's not going to do a thing for us. We'll have a little bit more knowledge. But it usually won't transform us. Won't empower us. But when we, with our spirit man, begin to hear our heavenly father through his Holy Spirit, that begins to transform us, empower us, strengthen us. When we begin to grow in that discernment from our spirit man. Um, 
So the reason I wanted to talk about the prophetic giftings is this. We often think along the lines of tying prophetic giftings into discernment. We think they're the same thing. But they're not. I want to I flush that out this afternoon. They're very different. So one of the blockages that we often have is, well, you know, I'm not really a prophetic person. I don't really have flow in a prophetic gifting. Therefore, I'm not a very discerning person. Or, you know, I'll leave that to, to Jody, who's prophetic, and then therefore she's discerning. But the fact is, you may be prophetically gifted. You may not. But you have discernment. That's been, that is a birthright of yours, to, have, to be in discernment. And so a lot of times um, in, in, in any community, you get people that have prophetic giftings and everybody just follows in awe of the prophetic gifting, oh, not realizing the fact that they have the ability to discern as well. It, here's, here's the interesting part. You know the prophetic giftings are supposed to be under submission to discernment. Not the other way around. First uh, Chronicle or First Corinthians fourteen twenty nine um, says that one or two are to prophesy, and then that is to be weighed out, discerned by the others. So just because somebody prophesies or has a gift of prophecy, doesn't mean we just hook, line, and sinker, follow it all, listen to it all. Because again, on our very best day. That person can be off. We all can be. But then that's where our discernment comes in. And so in community, we need to just operate in the prophetic giftings, knowing that they're, they're in the safe place of discerning community. I remember when I first started years ago, started operating in, in a prophetic gifting. And it was a public prophetic gifting. And... Um, uh, I was young, I was learning, I didn't, you know, and I was off. Like, so on a Sunday morning at a church, they, we would have prophetic words. During the worship, if somebody felt a, a prophetic word, they could just speak it out right in the middle of a worship time. And so, you know, I'd done that a number of times, and it was all new to me, and oh, that was, that's cool. And then I did this once, and I, I just missed it. I was like, I was prophesying out of my head, not out of, you know, my spirit. And, the, and, and, and somebody took me aside later and said, you know what, Marlon? great on you for stepping up there and doing that, but, and they said, you, you know, you, you kind of missed it on this one. Didn't line up with scripture. Oh, so, and you know, and then I shut it down because I was so fearful and everything, and uh, a month or two later, they came to me and said, Marlon, come on, start speaking up, man. We need that gifting. Come on. And so within the safety of community, we can learn our prophetic gifts because we're a discerning community. We all have discernment. We all have a measure of discernment. And so, you know, it, it is a safe place for even the prophetic gifts to start flowing as long as we understand that, you know what? You can discern that prophetic gifting. And in that discernment, even bring correction, however awkward that can be. So I want, I want us to look at an example here. I'm going to flush this out for us. Uh, turn, turning your smartphones to Second uh, Kings six, uh, and and most of us know the backstory. I, I love this story. The backstory is this. So Elisha, the prophet, he's a he's a bona fide, certified 
card-carrying prophet. Um, so he is uh, telling the king of Israel how to avoid the king of Aram, who is uh, trying to wage war against Israel. He's coming to the king of Israel and he's saying, okay, don't go there today, go that way, because the king of Aram's there. Oh, okay, and they go that way. And then the next day he's saying, okay, don't go that way, because the king of Aram's there, go that way. So going, and, and Aram is getting, the king of Aram's getting really frustrated with this, because here he's spending all his resources hunting down Israel, and he's missing it every, every day. And so word comes to him that there's this prophet named Elisha who is telling the king where to go and how to, how to avoid you. Oh, well, bring me him then. Hunt him down and bring him to me. So they send out a, a party to, to hunt down Elisha and to get him. And then, uh, and then we know the story here. Uh, in verse 15, we pick it up. Um, I'll read it here word for word. So when the servant of the man of God, this is the guy who, uh, you know, carried Elijah's briefcase. Uh, when the servant of the man of God got up and went out early in the morning, an army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city. Uh, so he asked Elisha, Oh my master, oh, oh my master, what do we do? So right there, um, fear thrives in our soulish realm. That's where it lives. It thrives in our soulish realm. So here, here is uh, the servant. He's operating in his soulish realm. Oh no, look at they're, they're all around. They're going to kill us. Like, we're done. And, um, and then we know uh, uh, how that story goes on. And we'll flush it out. But, you know, uh, a couple of years ago, some of you know, my, my mom was uh, diagnosed with uh, a brain tumor. She was rushed to the hospital with extreme head pain. MRI, or they found out it's a, it's a brain tumor. What do you do when you get that news? Um, you know, I, I, I fear and all those other emotions around it were knocking at the door. And you know what? Oh, uh, I, I almost got sucked into that. But I decided, no, no, I'm going to go to my spirit, man. And I calmed the soul. I actually told it to kind of shut up. I don't want to hear from you right now. And I wanted to hear from my soul, my spirit man. And once again, this confidence just started to rise up in me. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. And so I just remember in a minute, happened in a minute, all of a sudden, everything was calm and peaceful. Didn't even care about it. Wasn't worried at all. My mom's in the hospital, brain tumor. And I was experiencing this peace that passes all understanding. And so anyway, they found out that it's actually a malignant brain tumor, not cancerous, and that they could uh, shrink it. They couldn't remove it. It was inoperable. But they could shrink it with uh, medication. So today, uh, a number of years later, my mom's doing fine, doesn't ever, never gets a headache, still has a tumor, as far as we know. I mean, we've been praying, so maybe, maybe God's healed her, but it doesn't, you know, no point in getting it tested because she's not in any discomfort. And, and so that was an example to me of how going to our spirit man and, and discerning what was really going on. So verse, um, uh, verse 15b. Yep. 
Oh, no, sorry, sorry, verse 16. Let's go to verse 16. Do not be afraid, Elijah answered, or do not fear. For those who are with us are more, or for those, those who are with us are more than those who are against us. So here's something very interesting. Um, Elisha wasn't speaking to his mind. Do not fear. So fear thrives in our soulish realm. Do not fear. So what Elisha was doing was he was inviting the servant to go to his spirit man and begin to discern what was really going on. Step up from your soulish realm where fear thrives and step up into your spirit man where anything is possible. And so he does that. Don't be afraid. For there's more for us than are against us. Elisha wasn't speaking prophetically this time. He's a prophet, but he wasn't speaking prophetically. He was speaking out of discernment. The same discernment that he was inviting his servant to walk into. Back in that day, he couldn't invite his servant to walk, step into his office of a prophet. That just didn't happen. But he could invite him to step into his discernment that we all are uh, blessed to be able to walk in. And so the servant does that. He, he just, whether with a, with a nod of his head or whatever, it, it, somehow he agreed with that invitation, and all of a sudden his eyes were open. Verse uh, 17 says, So when he, Elisha prayed, O Lord, please open the eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw that the hills uh, were full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. So what was happening here is we read it as eyes. But when you study, when you dig into it, it's not referring to, you know, the light's ability to come in through the cornea, through the lens, reflect on the retina, you know, and then get transferred through the optical nerve into the brain. That's not what it was talking about. It was talking about, if you do a word study on it, it's a thing called Akeem. So anybody ever bought glasses at Akeem Optical? Actually, you throw some Hebrew in there, and it's actually Achim. And what that means is it means the spiritual lay of the land. So Moses, or Moses, Elisha wasn't praying that his eyes would be open. Elisha was praying that his discernment, his Achim, would be opened. And that he would be able to see the spiritual lay of the land. Here's where we're getting at today. We've all been given, as sons and daughters, the privilege of Achim to discern the spiritual lay, the atmosphere and the lay of the land. To see into and discern what's really going on. Even though it's playing out in a certain way in the flesh, to say, what's really going on? What's the spiritual lay of the land? I see what's happening in the natural, but I want to see what's happening in the spiritual. And that is our privilege as sons and daughters. We are not bound to the natural, to understand it. We are being given the privilege of achim, discernment. But it takes a little bit. It takes us getting out of our heads. Being willing to see what's going on in the natural, and willing to start listening from our spirit man, not our, not our fleshly man, our carnal man. I, 
I really believe we're living in a time now more than ever where we need this awakened in us. Where just like Elisha spoke to his servant and invited him to go from the realm of the, of the carnal, a realm of the flesh, where fear thrives, to step up and step into the realm of the spirit. Fear not. It wasn't a, a mental change of mind that Elisha was asking his, his, or inviting his servant to. It was a whole other level of operating in discernment. Seeing what was really going on. And I think in the times we live in now more than ever, we need this. We the church. And we're privileged. We all get it. We all have it. We just need to open our hearts to it. And ask Father to open our achim, our spiritual eyes. So that we can begin to see more into the into the realm of the spirit, the, the spiritual lay of the land. What's really going on? What's behind all the things that are happening in our world around us today? What's really going on? What are you saying, Father? I listen to the news. I hear what they're saying. But I want to hear what you're saying. This is so much a part of intercession. Because in intercession, we... We don't want to pray out of our heads and out of our understanding. That'll just leave us wanting. And it won't accomplish much. Father wants to hear the desires of our heart. Don't get me wrong. But when we spend some time and we allow him to open the eyes of our spirit, our achim, then we can more accurately pray from what is really going on. If you follow the rest of that story, you'll see that uh, Elisha wasn't operating. There's one in, in verse 22. He operates as a prophet. But the rest of what goes on, he's operating out of discernment. Like that of any one of us are, 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 have free access to because of our Father. And it avails, it, it brings victory to Israel. Peace. They don't get attacked. They actually end up uh, signing a peace agreement with Aram. And nobody gets hurt. No damage is done. But that's because they were all, he, he was operating in his achim, his spirit, his discernment. And so this evening, you know, this morning, this afternoon, no, it's six o'clock, it's almost, it's almost six. Um, I just want to, I want to invite you, just as Elisha invited his servant from the natural into the supernatural, that the eyes of your heart, your achim, would be awakened, would be opened. And that we would begin to pray from that point of view, not the natural. So, I, I want to wrap it up, but here's my challenge to, to you this evening. Fear not. Let's not operate in that realm. That's not good. We just don't need to spend time there. Let's step up. Let's have our achim, the eyes of our spirit man, opened. So that we're operating in faith, in hope. We're seeing what's ahead. We're discerning what's ahead. We're not bogged down by the fear of the present.
more than ever before, we need to be operating in this. And it is a gift. It's a privilege. It's a benefit of being sons and daughters. And it doesn't matter the measure of prophetic giftings or callings that you have. Those can sometimes actually get in the way of your achim. So let's just take a moment. Let's quiet our hearts. If uh, this afternoon this has been a challenge to you, you've taken it, you've received it as a challenge, and you want the eyes of your spirit opened up so that you're not operating in the realm of the natural, but you're stepping up into the realm of the spirit. Your achim opened up so you see, you perceive, you discern. Just ask your father right now to do that. You're not asking for anything that he hasn't already given you. One of the, um, uh, I, I think that it's true, just that invitation or that, that asking Father for it is probably the number one way and then waiting on him and practicing is the number one way to grow in it. And it's just added to that, like opportunities in community to listen together um, because then you, you can actually take these moments to even check what you're sensing and then you can hear it. And that's probably for me. The, the way that I grew the most in this. And, and one of the places, this isn't like a plug for corporate intercession or, or monthly prayer, but it is honestly a fantastic place for you. If, you, if this is something that's really like, man, I really want to learn more about this or, or grow in my discernment, just joining in that place, it's, it's literally structured to discern together in community out loud so that you can can learn in it. So for me, that's been probably one of the most profound opportunities to, is to just join in, in that particular place where we actually teach in certain moments about what's going on and, and other times we listen and, and just, anyways, that, that whole thing. If you want to know more about it, you can um, chat with me, chat with Marlon, Jen. Um, there's a number of people here. I, I know that you come from time to time, but it's, we do it on Zoom these days. So just, uh, you're welcome to join. Anyone is welcome. And the next one is I think we have it scheduled for May 18th. It's in a little while, but um, anyway, I just wanted to let you know that. And then just lastly, uh, we will be meeting in person next week here again. We have a little glitch in our two-week schedule, mostly to account for uh, just some others, like the long weekend and, and uh, Mother's Day and, and stuff like that. So we will be here again next week, May 1st. Uh, let everybody know it is on the website and whatnot. Um, and then we'll resume every two weeks after that. So um, thanks again, Marlon. It was such a joy to have you here. Do you want to say anything? Yeah, you know, I just want to reiterate that. That intercession, like that, the, that is a great learning uh, uh, ground for learning how to, how to, how to discern. 
um, and it's in it's in community it's safe like you know you, you, you sit and listen but then it's very interesting when all of a sudden what you're sensing other people are voicing as well and it just awakens that in you it brings that up it's great training ground so yeah but you know I, I think uh, because of the kids and everything we need to dismiss but I just want to I'm just gonna be here uh, answer any questions that you have any if anybody has any questions I'll Okay. Yeah, if we have time, sure. Yep. Sure. Yes. <laughs> That's just like saying, I have a friend who... So um, I get invited to be a part of a lot of things, uh, intercessory usually based, um, because of, uh, they say I, I have a level of discernment. Um, but I don't have discernment greater than what anybody else has. I have some spiritual giftings that are unique to me, but that discernment is, it is mature, but it's only because I've been doing this for over 25 years. No, 20 years, probably over 22 years. So it has, as I have, um, as I have grown in the word, I was going to bring it up, I didn't have time, but I, I'm, I'm kind of concerned nowadays about the level of biblical literacy in the church. Because it is the foundation, it's the reference, it's everything that builds discernment. And so you can discern things, and then uh, there's two ways. In community, uh, I don't always get it right. I discern wrong sometimes. And, and I'll be in an intercessory thing that I'm facilitating, and everybody else is getting this flow of the Spirit going, and I'm getting something totally different. So I just submit to them, and we follow along where that is going. Um, but uh, there, there is uh, the Word of God. Once we, we, we digest that, we get that into us, that the word works with the spirit in discernment they never violate one another they never contradict one another and so um the word is what is is what brings that foundation upon which we can build discernment if we don't have a strong foundation of the word discernment is going to be hit or miss yeah so I, I, don't, I don't know, you know, what your uh, Bible study, personal Bible study looks like, but I, for me, it is the highlight of my every morning. Like it honestly is. I, you know, it starts as a discipline, but it begins to build desire. 
and now t these days it is the highlight of my morning I'm a gold digger I still think there's treasures in there that have yet to be found I'm gonna find them anybody else yeah. oh no sorry one per family <laughs> definitely um, so you know our, uh, our our level of healing is so important for for everything like even a revelation of father's love can be hindered by uh, uh, brokenness and so as we walk into healing and I, I just I'm a big proponent on on a lifelong journey of healing and deliverance like this side of heaven we will never be free of our stuff. I'm not sure Billy Graham was even completely free of his stuff. And there's nobody more godly than I know of than him. And so that, our hurts, our wounds, our, uh, again, even our uh, tendencies to intellectualize everything, that all hinders. Because that is all in the realm of the soul and the emotions. And so if we're being held into that realm by hurts and wounds, unforgiveness, uh, unrepented sin, whatever, we're actually being held into that realm. And it is very hard for your spirit to, to operate out of your spirit, man, when there's something that is holding you into, you know, your, your fleshly realm or your soulish realm. Or, yeah. And that's where community is so important. You know, we, we just need to rely on one another. We need to, I need help. Guys, I need help. You need help. We all need help. And that's where community is just so important that way. You can bring healing to me. You can identify where I am misdirected, where I'm theologically wrong, where, you know, all those things.
Yeah, I, I think it's, it's just a, a lifelong journey. And it's, again, as sons and daughters, it's a privilege to go on that journey. It, it's, it's, part of our, it's part of our privilege as sons and daughters. So. Yeah, anybody else? Uh, yeah, there's, um, you know, all those traits that um, uh, we all struggle with in one way or the other that are not um, life-giving. So whether it be condemnation, whether it be um, pride, whether it be, uh, you know, all those things that don't produce life, they're usually, uh, they usually flourish in the soulish realm. And so, you know, it's just one of those ones of, of asking the Father. And this is what I love about David. And I know he did this probably his whole life long, but it's only recorded once in Scripture. He said, uh, search my heart, O God. See if there be any wicked way in me. I don't think that was a one-time request. I think that was a lifestyle for him. And he asked the Father to expose. Because, you know, uh, it's also said in the word that uh, the heart is desperately wicked. Who can trust it? I don't trust my own heart. I honestly don't. Because I have blockages, I have blind sides, just like everybody else. And that's where we need community. We need those friends. I have, I have rela- very close relationships with pe- some people that I have given them full permission to call me on it. If you see me operating stuck in the soulless realm, please help me out. Please, please help pull me out of this. Because it, it, it hinders my discernment. And so, yeah, any, anything that's, uh, that's really not life-giving, chances are it's flourishing in the soulless realm. Yeah, yeah. Catherine, you were going to ask something? Or? And for me, uh, the discernment happens first, and then I can operate in a prophetic gifting uh, alongside of what I've discerned, what I've seen, perceived. Elisha.
Ja, ja, ja. Um, so, uh, a, a prophetic uh, word, whether it be word of knowledge or word of wisdom, is usually just that. It is actually, it's, it's, a, it's a seeing and knowing about somebody, and it's always, always, for edifying, encouraging, building up. Always. And so often it is speaking to somebody or a group of people prophetically. You're speaking into whatever, uh, a future, or what's coming, or you're, you're building them up from, because you're, you're showing them from where they came, where they, where they are. But it's different than discernment, because discernment is just, and I love the, the meaning of that word, achim, spiritual lay of the land. You just discern. Have you ever... You ever been in a situation or you've walked into a room and your spidey senses go off? That's discernment. Doesn't mean you have a prophetic word for somebody or word of knowledge or anything. You're discerning what's in the atmosphere of that place. Well, when you discern something, you do have a choice, and it is a choice. You have a choice to stay in that place of, of um, the spirit, or go to your understanding, to your soulish realm. And that's where you bring judgment, that's where you bring, oh, what are they thinking, or what, are, you know, uh, if I was them, I wouldn't do it that way, or, you know, because what you're doing is you're taking what you discerned in the spirit, and you're bringing it into the soul. Discernment, uh, uh, for me, I'm not saying it's this way for everybody, but for me is usually for the purpose of prayer and intercession. Father will show me the lay of the land so that I can begin to pray into it. Sometimes prophesy into it. Sometimes it's just so that I'm aware of the territory that I'm walking into.
कि Most, uh, again, I'm just speaking for myself, most of discern, what I discern is for prayer and intercession. Now, this isn't just ministry. This is for every aspect of your life. It doesn't matter what aspect of life you're in, whether you're a teacher, nurse, mechanic, or whatever. Discerning the spiritual environment that you're in is so, so important yeah. I'm going to just say this real quick because of what you said here's why the prophetic giftings whichever one of those that was on the list whichever one here's why they are directed and limited to edifying encouraging and building up because Psalm 139 says that there are books written in heaven about us long before we were born, long before time. That's Psm 139. And it, our birthright, the color of your eyes, the color of your hair, your thought process, the, the, the intricacies of your personality. They, God knew them long before you were born, and he wrote them in his book. And so prophecy is this. The prophet is given privy to read a little bit of that in the book. That's what it is. That's what they're prophesying from. They're prophesying from a little bit of what God wrote about you. And that is always encouraging, edifying, and building up. And if you ever hear a prophecy that has anything re remotely related to anything else, just give them one of these. 